Hey basketball fans, it's your girl Tarika Foster Brasby holding it down in the producer and co-host seat for another edition of your favorite ESPNW's women's basketball podcast around the rim. I am excited to bring you a fun episode today um, and we're going to be talking a lot about the upcoming second half of the WNBA season. Our host and fearless leader, LaChina Robinson, is still in Tokyo covering the Olympics, but it's all good. We are going to hold it down for her until she returns. And she's doing a fabulous job, by the way. I don't know if you guys saw her on the Today Show the other day in that gold dress. And I know she always gets on me for talking about her when she wears blue and gold because those are my sorority colors. But LaChina, if you're listening, because I know you're listening, you looked fabulous in the gold and I'm going to send you an application for Sigma Gamma Rho because that's where you belong, girl. So anyway, um, lots of women's basketball to get into in this particular episode today. But first, got to give a couple of quick updates. One, the Commissioner's Cup. Finally, we are going to see that championship game take place on August 12th exclusively on Amazon Prime Video. So if you don't have an Amazon Prime subscription, now's a good time to consider investing in one because that's the only place you're gonna be able to catch the inaugural Commissioner's Cup Championships, which is gonna be between the Connecticut Sun and the Seattle Storm. Both of these teams will be playing for a half a million dollar prize pool, bragging rights, and this beautiful Gold Cup trophy that I saw on Twitter and it looks really nice. I would not mind hosting that bad boy up after a good win so make sure you guys are tuned in for that (coughs) go Connecticut um also if you've been living under a rock and have missed that the U.S. women's national basketball team will be playing for the gold medal on Saturday August 7th at 10 30 p.m. Eastern time they will be facing off against the home country Japan also that's on NBC Sports Very excited about that game. I know there were a lot of questions heading into the Olympics regarding the roster and when, you know, these teams had very slow starts. Even here on our last episode of Around the Rim, we talked about how concerning it was that, you know, the team was getting off to a slow start every game and eventually finding their rhythm. But over these last two matchups between Australia and against Serbia, we saw what we always expected from this team, dominant forceful very much in tune with each other and I believe that's the team that we're going to see heading into this gold medal matchup against Japan so good luck to team USA I know that for the last five weeks we have been locked into Olympic play but we are getting back to WNBA in full swing on Sunday August 15th So this episode is dedicated to helping you, our fans, get an inside scoop on what to watch for on all 12 teams in the league. So this is our second half preview episode. There's no better place to start than at the top of the standings with the Seattle Storm. Now, Seattle has the best record in the league right now, um, but when they return for the second half, they're going to be returning five players from Olympic rosters. Sue, Brianna, Jewel, they're coming from Team USA. Ezzy and Stephanie, they've played for Australia. And one has to question how refreshed are they really going to be after spending the last five weeks in Tokyo. To add to that, they're starting their second half on a five-game road trip. Chicago, two in New York, Washington, and Minnesota. 
They're not going to be back home until August 27th. But I'm not worried about Seattle, and neither should you be. Number one, they signed Keanu Williams to a seven-day contract. And this was the team that drafted her. So she's very familiar with the system. She's eligible to play in the Commissioner's Cup, um, you know, to give those extra players some additional rest if necessary. They also gave Coach Noelle Quinn some reassurance about her role with the team, signing her to a multi-year extension. So I suspect... Seattle's going to be ready. I mean, aren't they always, right? They have a favorable schedule down the stretch. Only three of their final 11 opponents have a winning record. And if How Bird and Stewie are playing in the Olympics is any indication of what we can expect to see upon their return to league play, I'm, I reckon Storm fans would be safe in saying that a long postseason awaits them. Now, right underneath Seattle is Las Vegas, and they're sitting right behind Seattle in the standings in the number two spot. And this is another team that has players returning from Olympic play. Asia Wilson, Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, and Jisoo Park for South Korea. Um, the Aces saw Jackie and Kelsey play phenomenally in three-by-three basketball. They won the gold medal in this inaugural event. And Asia Wilson, to me, is the MVP of the Olympics. I mean, she has just put the team on her back, and there's no way that you would pick her out as being the rookie, being the first-time Olympian. That's how amazing she's played. Double-double, double-digit games, every single game, phenomenal. But they have to collectively get back to that early season form because we can't forget that this Aces team dropped two of their last three heading into the break. They're opening up with two at home against Washington, opening up the season on the road against Connecticut after those two games against the Mystics. They're number one in defensive rating and offensive rating, according to basketball reference. So this means they have the right pieces. They have the right formula. They just need to execute. I think we'll see them do that in the second half of the season. A team that didn't execute so well in the first half, but could have better luck in this particular stretch, is the L.A. Sparks. Six straight losses have the Sparks near the bottom of the standings, but there is hope, friends, because number one, they're going back to the Staples Center. This is the first time they're going to be back in the Staples Center since 2019. Number two, NECA and Christy Tolliver have been full participants in practice, which is the best news that this Sparks team can get. They have missed veteran leadership, and they're going to get that back in their MVPs and their WNBA champions. Um, they recently also signed Carly Samuelson to a seven-day contract after waving Bria Holmes. Lauren Cox is now in the lineup. It's going to give them some additional depth. And honestly, both Erica Wheeler and Amanda Zowie B had strong first halves despite the team's record. I'm also hearing Chanae could be returning to the lineup soon. They're going to get her more involved in practice next week. So things really should look better for L.A. in this stretch. Now, this team has not failed to make the postseason since 2011. But they got Connecticut, they've got Minnesota, and they've got Seattle early on in this return. So the task is not going to be easy. But we're going to see if this team can find, find a way, if their Giants can help turn this ship around and put L.A. on the right path. Now, I know you didn't think that you were going to hear my voice and be bored with my analysis for all 12 teams in the second half, did you? 
Because if you did, you were sadly mistaken. Of course not. I have enlisted some of the best of the best across WNBA Twitter to provide you updates on the team that they know best. So get ready. You're going to hear the voices of B. Terrell, Dorothy J. Gentry, Tamron Spurl, Alexa Philippou, Tony East, Cindy Brunson, Christy Winter-Scott, Erica Ayala, and Miles Ehrlich. They are going to help me recap the other nine teams in this conference. So we're going to stay in the West with the Minnesota Lynx where freelance journalist Tamron Spiro is going to give us what we need to know looking ahead to Minnesota. This is Tamron Sproul, a freelance journalist for various publications and author of Court Queens, due out in the next year or so from Abrams Books. For the Minnesota Lynx, what a difference Alicia Clarendon makes. The Lynx opened the regular season on a four-game losing streak. When Clarendon entered the mix on May 30th, the Lynx went on a three-game winning streak and then won 12 of 15 games leading into the Olympic break. Clarendon is such a well rounded guard and has been underutilized in recent seasons. In Minnesota, they are giving Cheryl Reeve the steady-handed playmaking this team needs. And when a play requires Clarendon to be the one to put points on the board, she does so with an ultra-efficient 54.9% shooting from the field, which ranks fifth in the league. And in fact, Clarendon is the only guard in the top 10 in shooting percentage right now. Injuries have been a problem, so the Olympic break hopefully provided ample rest and recovery for those players like Ariel Powers, who had a thumb injury on her shooting hand. Well, the big cast has come off, and she has been working on her own on developing some left-handed shooting, though the team has not yet given a timetable for her return. Minnesota will tip off the second half of the season at home on August 15th against none other than the New York Liberty, the team that waived Clarendon. Expect the Lynx to come out with extra ferociousness for this one and let that game set the tone for the rest of their season. Minnesota is currently fourth in the standings and will be in search of the best playoff position possible. This is Tamron Sproul. You can find me on Twitter at Tamron Sproul. Hi, this is Dorothy J. Gentry, contributing writer for the Athletic Women's Basketball. The Dallas Wings, talent, talent, and more talent. All-star Satu Sabali, most improved player candidate Marina Mabry, Olympic gold medalist Alicia Gray, and all-star MVP and all-around bucket getter Arike Ngumbawali lead an all-talented cast of Wings players. But that talent is going to have to put it into high gear this second half of the WNBA season if they want to see postseason play. The Wings entered the Olympic break on a three-game losing streak, landing at number nine in the standings with a 9-12 and record. Fluid lineup, declines in shooting percentages, some star players kind of going cold, a myriad of reasons as to why they are where they are. But it can be easily fixed. If they want to see postseason play, the Wings are going to have to keep that same energy, as we say, for the full 48 minutes and close out games more effectively and more efficiently. In my opinion, Marina needs to be inserted back into the starting lineup where she worked so well against BFF and former Notre Dame teammate Arike. Or at least Marina needs to be first option off the bench. The lineup, we need to see more of players that we haven't seen, 
whoever the best five players are for that game need to be out on the floor. I love to see Chelsea, Ty Harris definitely needs more minutes. I'd love to see what a walk can do, what the number one pick in the overall draft, Charlie Collier can do. So there's a lot of things that the Wings can do to make sure that they see postseason play. All of this is just one sportswoman's opinion. I'm Dorothy J. Gentry. Hit me up on Twitter at Dorothy J. Gentry. WNBA opinionator and play-by-play voice Cindy Brunson reporting on the Phoenix Mercury. Chasing the franchise's fourth WNBA title and riding the wave of success of its three Olympians in Tokyo, the Merc are poised to wreck some folks in the second half of the season. Key for Sandy Brundello's bunch will be Brittany Griner to continue to play at her pre-Olympic break major MVP level. I know LaChina is always beating the MVP drum for BG, and this could be the season. Griner is the only player in the W who ranks in the top five in scoring, rebounding, blocks, and field goal percentage. Plus, she's the only player averaging at least 20 points, nine rebounds, and two blocks per. BG is in major flex mode, and that has to continue. Diana Taurasi hopefully will continue to gain traction and improve health-wise. The hip, sternum, and now hand injuries have slowed the league's all-time leading scorer and three-point shot maker. When DT is healthy and on, she's the GOAT, Nuff said. First-time Olympian Skylar Diggins-Smith had a terrific first half, averaging 19 points and five dimes per, and really shored up the scoring when Taurasi was out. But Skylar needs help. That help has to come from Kia Nurse. Nurse showed flashes, including right before the break, scoring a season-high 28 points, filling it up with a career-high seven made triples. In the Mercury's nine wins, Nurse averages nearly 12 points and almost two and a half makes from three. To open up the paint for Griner, Nurse has to splash from deep. Encouraging news over the break, Bria Hartley started playing five-on-five in practice and might be able to make her season debut and shore up the offense. Also key, the second-half schedule features only four of the Mercs' final 13 opponents with records at 500 or better. Huge thanks to Mercury Communications Manager Bryce Marcy for his stats assist. I'm Cindy Brunson from the Valley on the Mercury. All right, fans, now that you've heard everything happening out west... It's time for us to take a good look of what's going on out east. And we're going to start off with the Indiana Fever. Tony East is going to give us all we need to know about what to expect moving forward from Indiana. I'm Tony East. I cover the Fever here in Indianapolis for the West Side Community News and Forbes Sports. And the Fever are going to be an interesting team to watch for their final 12 games down the stretch run of this season. Despite their 4-16 and record, the Fever have been playing a little better of late. They won their last three games before the Olympic break, and I don't think their record does their season justice anyway. They've been steadily improving all season long. There was a noticeable flip in about early to mid-June where the Fever started to really look better on both ends of the floor. And head coach Marianne Stanley has stressed for this team all season long growth, and they have really done that all season. They've gotten better on defense as time has gone on. Their timing has gotten better on offense. That's something that Stanley has stressed as the season has gone on. So we've seen this team get a lot better, and they looked solid uh, beating the Sun in the Dream uh, heading into the break. So they're hoping to carry that momentum into the second half and continue to be a good team. Uh, they want to continue to be good on defense. You know, they, they've really struggled on that end, dating back to the wobble even last year. So they'll be hoping the Fever to continue to be good on defense. But they're kind of younger and developing team. 
Uh, and that's something to watch out for for them in the second half of the season as well. What can they get from their two first-round pick rookies, Alio Wilson and Kaiser Gondrzyk, uh, who both have been playing a little bit more of late. Uh, Wilson just came back from an injury and, and provided the Fever with some nice minutes. Kelsey Mitchell, of course, has been tremendous this season, especially over the Fever's recent winning streak. Tiffany Mitchell as well. Tierra McCowan continues to assert her dominance in the post. So the Fever can can ride their momentum from the first half of the season. Certainly, uh, as the second half begins, they've already been practicing quite a bit, getting ready for their post-Olympic break stretch of the season. And they have a nice balance of, of, of solid role players on the wings and at the guards and in the front court. But, you know, as they kind of pivot from the first half to the second half, do they look towards more development? Can they continue to keep that momentum on defense and offense? I think they can do it. Marianne Stanley set a nice space, but we'll have to see. Uh, this team is really talented, and and hopefully they can carry on what they did in the first half. You can follow me on Twitter for more fever coverage at TEastMBA. Hello, Around the Rim listeners. Eric Lindsay Ayala, one of your hosts of Locked on Women's Basketball, coming to you with a Chicago Sky preview. We're looking at the second half of the WNBA season and essentially Chicago needs to play the second half of the WNBA season like they played the second stretch of their first 20 games. Chicago is at 500, sitting in fifth place. They have 10 wins, 10 losses. Early out the gate, they were 3-7 and seven with an 0-7 stretch in those first 10 games out of the gate. As I said, they were without Candace Parker for the majority of that stretch. Candace Parker comes back, the Chicago Sky settle in, and for their next 10 games, they went 7-3 and three with a 6-0 and run. And on the season, they have the longest winning streak ever in franchise history with seven consecutive wins. Chicago needs that energy. The missing piece for this team in the last several seasons has been a veteran leader that has taken a team not just to the finals, but to a championship. And guess what they have now? Homegrown talent, Candace Parker. And you're wrong to tell me that veteran leadership doesn't make a difference in the WNBA. It sure does, and the 2021 Chicago Sky are proof positive. Look for them to rely on Candace Parker, not just on the court, but in the locker room. And if they can be successful in getting better at that mental game, at stealing themselves, and being able to br- let a lot of the things, Chicago will be the first ones to tell you they don't like the calls, they don't like this, they don't, gotta let that go. Keep your eyes on the prize, and I think Chicago can definitely do that. But let's see what happens in the second half. Again, Eric Lindsay Ayala from Locked On Women's Basketball. You can follow me at elindsay08 on Twitter. Hey, I'm Miles Ehrlich, and I'm a New York Liberty beat reporter. I write for Nets Republic, Queen Ballers Club, and Windsider. The Liberty reached the break in game under 500 after an up-and-down first half. They're ranked sixth, but are just one game clear of ninth-place Dallas in the clustered standings. New York will need to hit the ground running on the other side of the hiatus, but will have their work cut out for them immediately, with a matchup first against the fourth-place Minnesota Lynx, followed by a back-to-back set against the league-leading Seattle Storm. Like many teams in the W, the Liberty and head coach Walt Hopkins hope to return to play with a healthy, more complete roster. Natasha Howard, signed this past offseason to be their defensive anchor and -and pick-and-roll threat, has been limited by a sprained MCL to just a pair of games, having last played on May 24th. Allen is also set to return after missing New York's last six games before the break while battling plantar fasciitis before her Olympics run with the Australian Opals. Allen has already secured a pair of one-possession seafoam victories with her lockdown instincts and her long wingspan. And, of course, there's the health of second-year point guard Sabrina Ionescu, who has spent most of the season on a minutes restriction as she works back from last year's ankle injury. The 2021st overall pick has flashed her potential. 
the highlights including an opening night game-winning three and an early-season triple-double. Provided Howard, Allen, and Unescu are back at 100%, there'll be huge reinforcements to the team's first-half standouts. First-time All-Star Benaj Eleni, who's 19 points per game, ranks 7th in the WNBA. Freshman phenom Michaela Onyanwede, whose two-way play has positioned her as the Rookie of the Year frontrunner. And sharpshooter Sammy Whitcomb, who's 56 made threes or six clear of the rest of the field, and she's doing it while shooting at a nearly 44% clip. If New York can find some offensive consistency and curb their league-worst turnover problem, this team will make a strong postseason push and potentially can host a first-round playoff game at the Barclays Center. A year after winning just two of 22 games, this would be a tremendous bounce back for the Liberty's first season calling Brooklyn home, and validating what GM Jonathan Kolb termed a hybrid rebuild. For more of my coverage on both the Liberty and the Connecticut Sun, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Miles Ehrlich. Hi, WNBA fans. Alexa Philippu here. I cover the Connecticut Sun and the UConn women's basketball team for the Hartford Current. For the Sun, who are third in the league standings at 14-6, and six, the second half of the WNBA season starts earlier than for most, as they'll be playing the Seattle Storm in the inaugural Commissioner's Cup championship game on August 12th. The game is mostly for bragging rights and a sweet half-million-dollar prize pool, but you can bet the Sun will come out eager to get a win over the Storm, who beat them twice earlier in the regular season. Unlike the Storm and most other teams, None of the Sun players participated in the Tokyo Olympics this summer, so the team was really able to mentally unwind, physically recover, and get back down in business on the practice court upon returning to Uncasville at the end of July. Once regular season play resumes on August 15th, here are some things I'll be looking for as the Sun close out their last 12 games of the regular season. John Cole Jones is an MVP frontrunner so far. How did she maintain or even elevate her case down the stretch? The Sun's calling card this season is going to remain defense and rebounding. But will it make strides on the offensive end? And will more practice time together these last few weeks allow them to improve their chemistry and cut down on turnovers? And aside from their big three of John Quill Jones, Bree Jones, and Dewana Bonner, who else can reliably step up to ensure this team remains a championship contender? Either way, I think WNBA fans are going to be a real treat to see what the Sun do down the stretch. So you can follow along all the Sun's second half action with my coverage, which you can find at Current.com and on Twitter at Alexa Philpu. Hey, y'all, this is Beats Pharrell with Winsider and Made for the W. And here is a little bit about what's happening and what you can probably expect from a mildly new look team. Heading into the second half of the season, the Dream are currently in 11th place in the playoff standings. But don't really worry. Things are shaping up and about to be on and popping as they race to the finish line. Led by Tiffany Hayes and Courtney Williams, the Dream ranked in the top five in both points and blocks per game, and they led the league in steals per game before the break. However, they were 11th in rebounds, 9th in both overall field goal percentage and from behind the arc, and they were last in free throw percentage. Hayes hasn't played since June 17th after suffering a right knee injury, but is expected to be healthy and ready to go when the season resumes. Now, congratulations are in order to Cheyenne Parker as she announced that she's expecting her first child. But this means the dream will be without her services as she'll miss the final stretch of the season. Now, getting into that new look that I mentioned earlier, with interim head coach Mike Peterson stepping down over the break, Darius Taylor takes over for the remainder of the season to lead this team. There's also a new addition to the roster. Big welcome to Candace Dupree. 
the sixth overall pick back in 2006 WNBA draft out of Temple University, Dupree reunites with her former college assistant coach in Darius Taylor. Dupree is a seven-time WNBA All-Star, and she comes to Atlanta with career averages of 14.1 points per game and 6.4 rebounds per game and just under 50% from the field. Talking about longevity, she started 96% of the WNBA games that she's played in. Winning the 2014 WNBA Finals as a member of the Phoenix Mercury, Dupree will provide veteran leadership and championship experience for a dream team looking to make the playoffs for the first time since 2018. It can't also hurt that she's the fourth all-time leading scorer in league history. So, this is B. Terrell with Winside and Made for the W. And remember, hashtag do it for the dream. Hello everyone, Christy Winter Scott here with NBC Sports Washington Monumental Sports Network and Twitter for the WNBA. I am here to dissect all things Washington Mystics from the first half of WNBA competition prior to the Olympic break. Now, the Washington Mystics went 8-10 and 10 during the first half of WNBA play. But let's discuss the injury situation that the Mystics were plagued with. Boy, did they have a bevy of injury issues, if you will, during that first half of play. Sydney Weiss, was out for some time. Maisha Hines-Allen, out for some time. Erica McCall, Natasha Cloud, Alicia Clark, out for the entire season with that foot injury. But boy, you could look to your left if you're Mike Tebow and see Elena Deladon, the MVP of the 2019 WNBA season, also in street clothes. Very frustrating nonetheless, but to sit two games under 500, very remarkable indeed. The second half of the season, what could that look like for the Washington Mystics? Now listen, with all things being healthy for the Washington Mystics, and I'm speaking first about Elena Deladon, she has been practicing non-contact with the Washington Mystics as of late. Look for her to be making her way back onto the court for the Mystics for the first time since winning that championship in 2019 over Connecticut. Now, speaking of injuries, speaking of Natasha Cloud being this leader, she was off the court for several games for the Mystics with an ankle injury. She is at a career-high clip for assist with six per game. Now, with both Leilani Mitchell and Natasha Cloud being on the court together, two fantastic playmakers and pace-of-play makers, Exciting times ahead for the Washington Mystics, to say the least. Now, Sydney Weiss was also a player who was injured in that first half with an ankle injury for the Washington Mystics. A dead-eye shooter from three. And you know Washington loved to spread you out on the offensive end, knocking in three ball after three ball. But will Emma Mieseman return to the Washington Mystics in the second half of the season? Still remains to be seen. She had such a stellar performance on the Olympic level in Tokyo for her national team, the Belgian Cats. But boy, if they get her back in the mix and Elena Deladon is healthy, the league's leading scorer and Tina Charles is on the floor as well, chomping at the bit for a title in the WNBA. The only accolade, folks, that Tina Charles does not have is a WNBA title. She wants it. She is proving it, and she has proved it over and over again in that first half by leading the league, as I said, in scoring. Now, what will the Mystics look like in that second half? Give them some time. Shatori Waku-Kimbrough on the roster. 
Megan Gustafson on the roster. They missed the services of Erica McCall earlier too with an injured knee. Now, can all of the players be healthy? If all of the names that I just said, uh, Shavante Zealous included, <laughs> if all of the players are healthy, this team can make some serious noise in the second half of the WNBA season. Mark my words and revisit my comments at the end of the WNBA season, which is setting up to be quite phenomenal. I'm Christy Winters-Scott. You can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, W Scott 51. Thank you so much. All right, basketball fans, I hope that you are excited about the second half of the season as we are. And I have to give once again a special thank you to Dorothy Gentry, B. Terrell, Tamron Spurrell, Alexa Philippou, Tony East, Cindy Brunson, Christy Winterscott, Erica Ayala, and Miles Ehrlich for all of their help in contributing to this episode and giving us the breakdown on teams across the WNBA. Remember to subscribe to Around the Rim as well as leave us a review on Apple. You can find me at Shino Sports. You can find LaChina at LaChina Robinson. Our panelists and our and our friends gave you their Twitter handle. So please make sure you are also following them for WNBA content. You should be following Around the Rim at Around the Rim Pod. And you can also send us an email with your thoughts at Around the Rim Podcast at gmail.com. Before I get out of here, I want to direct all of your attention to a new podcast that we have here at ESPN called black history hallways now black history always is a new podcast in partnership with the undefeated that takes a deep dive into the stories of now and tomorrow from a black aperture that will empower and inspire it's hosted by clinton yates great friend of mine great guy all knowing so rate review and follow black history always thanks again guys and talk to you later